Look what you made me do. Look what I made for you. His name is Old Man. Old Man Wayne. I live by the car. I die by the phone. Old Man. Old Man Wayne. Old Man. I'm about to do something terrible. Welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And I'm here with the pinnacle of political perfection, the superior Super Bowl hobby. Yo. And to the right on uh, my screen is the uncanny Brandon Orton. You called me something different last time that I liked. It was the uncanny Brandon Orton. Uncanny, un- uncanny Brandon Orton. Oh, okay. Unless you want to be I the aston- remember. Unless you want to be the astonishing Brandon Orton. But then I'm associated with Josh Whedon. I don't know if I should be associated with Josh Whedon. Listen, 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 listen. Josh Whedon's a monster. <laughs> but he has left nerddom some awesome stuff, bro. I mean, that book is awesome. That's <laughs> why I, I think it's the definitive, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick an X Men book to read, like and you know, I thought I was like, oh, pick one X Men book. I'm like, mm, you may have to go with that one. Like the guy's a whole I piece. Mean, of yes, shit. that guy's a whole piece of shit. We can all agree there. But like, it's did y'all watch Buffy? Did either of y'all watch Buffy? Sure. We all we almost did a um we almost did a side podcast about Buffy altogether. Yeah, like I've I've I'd say I'm more of an Angel fan. Um, I just like that show a little bit better at the end. But I've probably watched both series like maybe thirty times each. I never got <laughs> yo. I never got an angel. Like that first episode was so fucking bad. I was like, yo, I'm not. I can't do this. It was. See, the thing is, it was dope. Like that whole aesthetic, like the 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 brooding dude with the big black leather jacket, like all that stuff looked dope when it when it when it first aired. There was nothing like it. Even the fight scenes were like like. I'm I'm going I'm thinking through the mind of the person that watched it when it aired at first like it was so good and so I don't know if it's like my it's probably my nostalgia that keeps me loving it but no I've heard nothing but like yeah. I've heard like I caught so for me and this is gonna sound funny like I caught Buffy superly like I started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer in 2010 maybe mm. did you watch a movie the, the original movie I was, I saw the original in the theaters yeah. And then I got lucky, and um, Giddy had the comic books, so like the season was like season eight, I think it was called. Yeah, it it continued after the um end of the series, uh, the original Buffy series. And that shit bumped like that was fucking great. I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm mad you can't find it anywhere though. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. I the thing is, I had the whole, I had most of that series, Buffy and Angel, and I had so many comic books that are probably worth a lot of money now that. I just don't have anymore that it makes me so angry. Yeah, I always feel like there should be a a random reality TV show of all the people who lost all their comic books because the amount of people who said to me, I had such and such number one and my mother threw it away. And I'm like, yo, like if you still had that now. <laughs> Bro, like if you were a kid and you and you bought comics and like the well, for me, it would be the early 90s and up. Right, like I, I randomly, you know, convinced my mom to buy me some comics that just looked interesting to me. That, like, when you see what they're worth 
now, you're like, damn, if I wasn't eight, I would have more, I would be more responsible with my comic books. Yo, can you think about like how easy, like how easy it was just to get people to buy comic books back then? Because like you didn't know what was in the, until like, I think it was like Wizard or like the, the uh, magazines that used to be like, oh, hey, this is what's going to come out next month and da 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 da. This is what it's going to look like. And you're like, oh shit. And you get yeah. all pumped, and you get all pumped up for it. I had a wizard subscription. So like I oh, like you know, even those wizard like some of those wizard magazines are probably worth something that, you know. Shit, here's a funny one for you. My first con was actually WizardCon. Oh wow. Back when it was in the um what's the the uh is it an arena? Was it an arena? Over by uh Gallivan Boulevard? Not is it Gallivan Boulevard? Over by UMass? Oh, um it's it, it was the old convention center. Yes. Yeah. And that shit was it was rocking. Like and I that was my first con I went to. But mm, oh wow. That's that's a grip. Especially if it was in that building. Yeah. So we should get into some some news before we get into the comic book stuff that we want to talk about. Supergirl was cast. And I'm wow. Certain everybody here is a fan of the House of Dragons. Brandon does a podcast called We Was Dragons that was like well received by a lot of people. Yeah, Javi was on there. Yeah. Great show. And so we have so the woman playing. Sorry, I gotta pull up my notes because you know I had it on something else. The woman playing Supergirl is Millie Alcock. She was the younger version of was it Renera? Renera? Is that was that her name? Yep. Yeah, Renera. Renera. She was playing Renera. Targa- Renera Targaryen. Renera Targaryen in House of the Dragon. Other people may know her from other things, but that's what I know her from. And honestly, I was rooting for her when I knew it was down to like her and like one other person. And I was like, oh, I want, I definitely want her. After I haven't finished um Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow because it's really good, but it's really wordy. You talking so, about the book? Yeah. Oh yeah, the book's awesome. It's a great story. It is. It's just really wordy. And I like I'm I'm at I'm, I think I'm on the second to last issue. But it's good, but and it's specifically a a really good read because it's not the typical like super person story, super hero family story, mm-hmm. like super like Superman family story, excuse me. Uh, what do you guys think of the casting? I think it's great. She looks like a car. It'll be interesting to see because this film appears to be a very uplifting, like a bright film, finally, from DC that I've been waiting for. Like it, I mean, the just the name of the film and everything, like it's it appears to be very bright. And so I'm interested to see how because in in House of the Dragon, she's uh, she's excellent, but that's a very dark series. Mm-hmm. It's a very dark series, and so I'm interested to see how she plays Kara, who generally is even brighter than Superman in some cases. So sometimes they don't have sometimes. to go that route. Yeah, but we also, uh, Bobby, have you read uh, Woman of? I'm gonna Mar- I'm gonna say no. <laughs> um, there were moments in that where she was not bright. <laughs> yeah. She was not well. No, not in that book at all. <laughs> yeah, sometimes she, I don't it, think they're going to do that in the movies, based on everything that happened in the DCEU. Yeah. Yeah. This it seems like James Gunn is going for more hope, hopeful. 
yeah um um optimistic dc but if he does do that and he's also going for more grounded in the comic book dc if you know anything about dc dc as bright as a lot of their characters are you know superman being like the the avatar of hope and there's also a lot of dark things that happens you know, especially books. um recently in the we can get to this later what happened at the end of Titans Beast World like yeah Amanda Waller's proven that she could be like the greatest villain like of all time yeah. but um so you guys are both in on this it's I think it's a really good um I think I said it, it's I think it was the the right casting I think it, this is gonna be different I'm hoping that they go with the I'm I'm of two minds about this because I agree with both of you when you say like this is like a brighter universe, you know what I mean? Like, you know, not the uh, old DCEU where it was just like, dear God, why is all this so grim? But I also kind of think that the Woman of Tomorrow, a lot of it wasn't dark and grim. Like there was a lot of hope that came from that, which I thought was mm-hmm. uh beautiful, honestly. And I know how it ends, but I still want to read how it ends. And I do feel that they have an opportunity to really make something special out of this. And James Gunn has been good for that. We He's been a name that we've been able to trust for a while. So hopefully this goes the way it's supposed to. Yeah, and, and DC, like, they've, they've, I mean, the last two Supergirls, um, Sasha Kali and Melissa Benoit, like, they've been great. Like, they've casted great Supergirls in, in the past, so... Um, I'm excited, bro. But to your point, Harvey, something you've said a million times, DC's DC's problem has never been casting. Never. No, it's never been the issue. Not a single time. So, uh, well, since we're already there, we can um, talk about some of the casting that we've seen so far. We have David uh, Cornsweet as Superman. Uh, you guys like this one or not? Nah? He looks like a Clark Kent. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> he looks like Clark Kent, so I don't know too much about him. But when I saw his face, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's 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 Clark Kent." Uh, Javi, especially if they're going with a younger Clark, I'm wondering how much of a New Fifty Two is going to be injected into this um, new DC universe. Hmm. Um, I think he fits that mold of Superman really well, to be honest with you. I bet a lot of New 52 is in the Batman. Movie. Oh, definitely. Especially since they're actually giving us the Bat family, which was a big part of Scott Snyder's Batman. Yeah. As much hate as New 52 got, I, I look at it like the ultimate universe in Marvel. Like, I think it's, yeah. I think it's one of the, it, I think it's better than most um, comic book universes to use as a template for live action. Just because it's so grounded. Yeah. And there was, and we we've talked. Actually, I think we should do a whole episode on New Fifty Two at some point because there's a lot that needs to be said about that. Because a lot of it is good, but to your point, Javi, it did have a very Ultimate Universe ending where it was just like, ugh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man's um, favorite movie is going to be The Authority. Shit, it might be. That joint's going to be crazy, bro. That's going straight to Max, right? I, no, I think that's going to be a movie. Yo, that's that's their second movie. After really? Oh, I thought Legacy. Going straight to Max. Okay, okay. It's interesting. Interesting. I always thought, like, I, I kind of like what he's doing. I, I would much rather 
I look at Blue Beetle as a first movie in this new universe, right? And I kind of like that. I I used to think that mm-hmm. what they what 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 um um Snyder should have done was introduce um characters that people aren't necessarily used to seeing in DC movies, similar similar to what Marvel did with Iron Man, right? And that way you could see Blue Beetle or whoever they like it could have been Zatanna and any random character, right? Make a really good movie about it, right? And then you start seeing the heavy hitters come in slowly, right? And then you can get a real uh, you could compare like Superman's power level. Like you have all these regular characters struggling with these enemies or whatever and then you see a superman character pop up and you kind of truly understand like the scope of his strength and powers relative to what you've seen earlier on in the, in, in the in, in the earlier movies right i think that would have been better um i think it would have been easier to tell stories right like i think the hard part about introducing super powerful characters early is like what's the challenge right usually it's it's never really directly the challenge isn't normally directly attached to the character and more of their environment like superman has to like protect the city but you know superman's never gonna die right like so i kind of like them introducing well you know we'll see what this new superman movie does but um i like them doing the authority blue beetle and uh, some of these more um obscure stories i think what you're saying makes sense given what we saw with the mcu template Mm -hmm. but i can promise you I can promise you that was done out of necessity. If Marvel had access to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, they would have been in phase one. They would not, it would not have been Thor and all the stuff that we saw. They one of the one of those people, I I'm guessing, knowing how Kevin Feige thinks, I'm pretty confident he would have kicked it off with the Fantastic Four, like given, especially given what he said about the first family of Marvel and how he keeps talking about it going forward. Like, I think that's how he would have wanted to kick it off. But I think what you said is what actually happened is that it forced Marvel to have to tell these compelling stories, right? They couldn't just lean on, they couldn't lean on the name recognition of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, or the X-Men coming off those movies or the anime made a series they had to they had to go deeper and and to make this compelling universe to build up what they wanted and so by doing so because right now everybody thinks iron man and thor are these like uh, their house i mean their household names now but like they were not household names in 2005 like at all iron man was not a big like iron man was not some big superhero i mean people probably heard of the name but he was like if you ask somebody to tell you anything about Iron Man, it would be, oh, it's a dude in a suit. The only thing people, most people, most <laughs> of the things that anyone know about Iron Man was he, the color scheme to your, like to your, the color scheme, he wears armor yeah. and he's a drunk. That's it. Like, I don't even think if they knew people that. knew he was a drunk. Yeah. yeah. Cause I don't think they played the, like any, I'm trying to think of other like moments we saw Iron Man before the movie and it was usually like, he, he would be like a, 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 maybe a character in one like Fantastic Four episode, like the Fantastic yeah. Four cartoons <laughs> yeah. or something. And he would just be some rich dude in a suit. That he was, was funny. supporting character. Yeah. And yeah. so and so was Thor. And so was, Captain America had his time. Captain America was the biggest superhero in the world in the 40s. But 
1995, was anybody clamoring for Captain America? No. I mean, 2000, 2002, like, nobody gave a fuck about Captain America. It seemed like such an outdated, like, trope, right? Like, during that time, like, oh, you got this character that fought in the Civil War. Like, this is, I mean, fought in the um, World War II, such an outdated trope. And so Marvel was forced to use those characters. And then by the time they got the Guardians of the Galaxy, they were just basically stunting on people. They were just being all right, we, yeah. look what we're going to do. We're going to take these characters that even comic book fans don't know. I can tell you this. I've been reading comic books my whole life. I ain't never heard of the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> before they announced that movie. I did not even know who the fuck they were, any of them characters. And they were like, I'm going to take some characters that even comic book fans, regular comic book fans, don't know who the fuck they are, and we're going to make them stars. I was telling, I remember when me and Javi, I'm not sure if we were still doing the Old Man Wade show. Um, Maybe we were. We were still doing that when the first one came out. Bro, I I remember, even, bro, we've been doing this show for so long, bro. Yeah. But it was funny because I've been, I when I when I first came out, I said to people, I was like, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be Marvel's big trouble in Little China. Oh, wow. I was like, that's what, that's what it was going to be because it was, no one knew who these characters were. Uh, people liked, what's his name from... Parks and Recreation, uh, uh, Chris Pratt. They liked Chris him Pratt, from, yep. from Parks and Recreations. He was in a couple of other films, but like no one really had any faith in it. But it looked fun, and that's and at the at the end of the day, they're like, all right, we're just gonna throw this in here and see what happens. And it was a hit. It was a smash. Mm-hmm. And I still think to this day, it's probably one of Marvel's best ten. Mar- the MCU's probably one of Marvel's best ten um, franchises. Like they haven't like. Yeah, sure, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, people can say what they want about it, but it wasn't a bad movie. It was just a bad follow-up to it just wasn't what people wanted. But it was I'll, a normal it was a normal movie that followed up a great movie. It was a it was a yes, good movie yes. that followed up a great movie. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Exactly. That's perfect. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh next so, up. Oh man, before we move on, one thing I want to tell you, just so you know what we're working with here. So the five movies that Gun and anybody that's listening that don't know the five movies that Gun announced were Superman Legacy, which comes out July of 2025, and then the rest of these things don't have dates. Um, the Authority, which he basically described as like Wild Storm's version of the Boys, essentially is kind of what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brave and the Bold, which is Batman and Damien, uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which Old Man was just talking about, and then Swamp Thing who has James Mango, who did Logan, uh, is directing that film. Oh, and man. then he announced some series, uh, Creature Commandos, which is supposed to come out late this year on Max. I'm, which is animated. I'm, which I'm is really, animated. That's what I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to that, to be honest with you. I'm really uh, Waller, which Old Man just mentioned, she has the potential to be the biggest villain in the world. Uh, they're bringing Viola Davis back for her own series on Max. That's actually supposed to come out at the end of this year as well. Uh, Lanterns, which has been rumored for a long time, but it's actually going to be getting made now. Uh, Paradise Lost, which is like, uh, it's like a show. It's he, she said he said it's like Game of Thrones, but on Themyscira with the Amazons. I like that. I like that. Uh, a Booster Gold show, and then Peacemaker season two. Let me tell you, a Booster Gold show is. Smart. I don't think I don't mm-hmm. think he works well in movie form. So I think that was a really uh, good idea. Um, and I so, was I was gonna ask about Peacemaker. I'm like, as long as they don't cancel, because Peacemaker, as long as they don't cancel Peacemaker, because Peacemaker is maybe the brightest spot in yes. the previous DCEU. That show, yes. 
Me, I it's remember me so and Brandon good. were talking about this, and we both said that show had no business being as good as it was. So no. good. That's their guardians. That's it a really character that nobody knows or gave a fuck about, and he turned them into something excellent. That was DC's guardians. Mm-hmm. And I know people are pissed off. It's like, oh, why does he? Why does Peacemaker in the DC comics? Why does he resemble uh, Peacemaker from the movie? I'm like, because that's how you make money. <laughs> you you connect them to something that people know about, and people want to see that particular Peacemaker. And I'm tired of these people who was like, oh, I'm a, I was a Peacemaker fan. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. There were no Peacemaker fans. <laughs> there were if no you were Peacemaker pe- fans. <laughs> if you were a Peacemaker fan, bro, uh, I, I'm checking to see if you are some type of like FBI registry. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, cut it out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, next up, and I love this cat- casting. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher her name. Rachel Brosnahan. As Lois Lane, she was the yeah. um uh, uh miraculous Mrs. Maisel. Um yes. Like that perfect. show, I didn't yeah, it was perfect casting. I wanted her to play somebody else, but I have I have no I have I've I've got nothing. I think she's gonna absolutely obliterate this role and help bring notice to the metropolis like universe, if that's what you want to call it, or the Superman universe. Because Superman needs somebody. People forget that Lois Lane isn't just... Someone called her like a hanger-on, like she's not a good character. I said, I don't know what Lois Lane y'all been reading, Hmm. but Lois Lane has always been that bitch. Yeah, Lois Lane on Superman and Lois is great, but Rachel will be excellent on the big screen. On the Mm -hmm. big screen as Lois. Yeah, and I'm, and I think again, it's people getting stuck with with marvelous certain... Mrs. Maisel. I'm sorry, I'm miraculous. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. What the fuck am yeah. I talking? About? Sorry, yeah. just had just want to make sure. No, I that's not good. And, and this, again, it's the people getting stuck with you know one version of a character, right? Like there's been versions of Lois Lane that was just there to be rescued, right? Um, even early on, though, I mean, Lois Lane was even for the time, right? Because again, we gotta mm-hmm. like consider the time. Superman's like, you know almost 100 years at this point, if not already. Um, but she's always been kind of like a, 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 a strong woman, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. even for the time. And that just evolved to what she is now, which is, you know, a lot of, sometimes she's a legit superhero, right? Yeah. So. It's, it's almost like she's, it was like, it almost felt like that's what they tried to make Pepper Potts. Yeah. But yes. it just. But it, yeah. it it just it's she ain't Lois Lane. <laughs> uh, we've already talked about oh no Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor. I thought that was interesting. He's a really good actor. I'm not sure. I think he I think he'll pull it off. I also think he's going to surprise a lot of people when they show him being evil, which also kind of makes me sad because we'll never see him be. Uh, the beast that we're seeing in the current comic books, and he doesn't necessarily have to be that evil. De- again, depends on the looks. Like it's, it's. I like this because you know we don't get a lot of information outside the casting, mm-hmm. and a character, especially Lex Luthor, I think anybody can play Lex Luthor. I think what depend what 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 determines that who plays Lex Luthor is what kind of Superman story you're trying to tell. Yeah, you know what I think they're gonna do. I think they're going to do. Like I always talk about 
one of my big things is like having the core of the character, but you can change things or update things for the times. Mm-hmm. I bet I, I would be willing to bet any amount of money, especially looking at this dude and, and knowing some things he's been in. I bet you they take low. I bet you they take Lex Luthor and somewhat the the mold of like an Elon Musk type mm. character. Oh, that would like, be fucking cool. Like that's the type of billionaire asshole that I imagine Lex Luthor would be in a Superman set in 2025 in the real world, like in this world, particularly with James Gunn's politics. I can I and I can see that being the type of Luthor that we get in that world. And this and Nicholas Holt would be perfect for that. Yeah. And talking about the core of the character, I think with Lex Luthor, um, no matter what version you get, I think two core components to his character um, usually persist. One is that he distrusts Superman, right? Yes. Whether it's out of evil intent or, you know, just, you know, he just doesn't trust an alien with that much power. And two, he believes humanity, in particular himself, should be the ones responsible for protecting the world or whatever. So you keep those two things consistent and just have fun with the rest. I think it should work out. I agree. Absolutely. I, yeah. Um, this was uh and I'm I'm a hundred percent sure Brandon will agree with me here, but Skylar Gizondo as um Jimmy Olsen, I don't know if there's ever been a more perfect casting. The dude from Righteous Jet, the redheaded dude from Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. That I I saw That's this perfect. Part, yeah, I was like, I was like, there hasn't been a more perfect casting than this. Mm-mm. Nothing's more perfect than that. That is mm-hmm. he, if I were an artist and I was drawing Jimmy Olsen. In a fucking comic book, it would be him. Yeah, yeah, Facts. he would be my inspiration. He better wear like a sweater vest and a bow tie the whole time, though. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. oh, I'm not even gonna begin to try to pronounce his name, but I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it wrong. Oh no, um, Edie Gathagi, Gathagi as uh, Mr. Terrific. I've seen him in House, and he rocked in that. I've seen him in Twilight, and I don't. He was good for what it was because, you know, Twilight wasn't meant to be a good movie. So I have faith that he's going to do really well in this, especially when we get him being. Because Mr. Terrific isn't arrogant, but he's damn sure 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 of himself. I was waiting for you. I was like, I wonder if Brandon knows who we're talking about. Is this homie from For All Mankind? Yes, it is. And that's why he'd be perfect for this role. Sorry, old man. But like he pretty much plays, he plays like a version of Mr. Terrific, like a, a mix yes. of Mr. Terrific and Lex Luthor <laughs> and Elon Musk. Yes, off all of, of that rolled in one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I I was not. I was like, why are they doing Mr. Terrific? Because my only concern with Superman Legacy is that I'm like, why are they introducing so many people in this one movie? Because, but I get what they're trying to do. And I'm, but I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like, how does Mr. Terrific play into this? But if you're telling me this guy's was terrific, oh yeah, I mean, I would I mean, honestly love to see a Mr. Terrific solo movie. I'm Especially if y'all read the Adam Strange book, Strange Avengers, bro. Like that version of Mr. Terrific, this dude would be perfect. I've never read a version of Mr. Terrific I didn't like. I saw this one image of him. I've I've never read a Mr. Terrific comic book, but I did see this one image of him. Uh, somebody slapped him, so he slapped him right back. And he was like, "What was that?" He goes, "You slapped me, so I slapped you back." <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Like I was like, "That sound logic." <laughs> um, 
I love this one. Nathan Fillion is Guy Gardner. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Nathan Fillion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong there. He's a little old. I mean, I, you you would see. I, it's interesting that they're going older with Guy Gardner. Yeah. That is true. It, uh, I, I like that they're not doing how. I can tell you that. But we, you know he's going to show up. Yeah. Uh, I hope not. You got it. Come on, you got to have Hal Jordan, bro. You hate Hal Jordan. I can't remember if you hate Hal Jordan or not. Yes, I hate Hal Jordan. He's terrible. He's well, he could come in as a, he'll be a, he'll be a villain. He'll be um. Although Greenland and Rebirth is one of my favorite runs ever, but it's mostly because I get to see the Blue Lanterns and the Red Lanterns and the Orange Lanterns and all different lanterns. Hal Jordan is the most boring part of that fucking book. He's probably he's easily my least favorite of the core Green Lanterns. Once upon a time, um, Kyle Rayner was my favorite Green Lantern. Oh, Kyle Rayner's awesome. But as time's gone on, as time has gone on, I'm like I've met we've met Jessica Cruz, who's probably my favorite Green Lantern right now, because of just everything that like she's overcome, which is Is act- she a Green Lantern though? Yeah. Uh I don't know if she's still yeah, she is. She got she actually has she officially got a Green Lantern rank. They got rid of that uh parallax one or whatever the fuck it was a while ago. But like I shouldn't say a while ago, but they got rid of that one. And the point of willpower is overcoming, like, you know, things and, like, you know, stepping up and being, like, you know, like, being accounted for and things like that. And I thought it was dope that with her agoraphobia, that's when you don't want to leave, when you can't leave the house, right? It's agoraphobia, right? Yes, I believe so. So her overcoming that, I was like, that shows willpower, and that's what the Green Lantern is supposed to be. I thought teaming her up with uh, Baz was dope, too, so I I liked it. Um, I don't know much about Isabella Merst, uh, but you count, you uh, cast a brown, someone of color to play Hot Girl, I'm with it. Who's she playing? Hot Girl. Who's Hot Girl? Hot, Hot Girl. Oh, hot girl. Okay, hot, hot girl, girl. Hot girl is um Zazzy Beats. <laughs> I mean, hot girl should be a person of color, a brown person. Yeah, really? To why? Be quite honest, it just seems right. Hmm? It just seems right to me. Yeah, I think it depends. Like if you're if you're going with the with the story of them like living multiple lifetimes and they were like in ancient Egypt and Africa and all these places, then yeah. But if you're going with the straight up, like, they're just aliens from... Oh, that reminds me. God damn. I hope they simplify this shit. But that's... That, that, <laughs> yo, honestly, like, the 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 Hawks, the Hawks of DC, like, I, it's... It, it's they, not have Yeah, it's, it's not the been worst. Good. They're the not worst. It's yeah. the worst backstory <laughs> in any comic books. Yeah. Well, it's between the Hawks and Wonder Girl. Yeah. I think the best, the best Hawk Girl, which, Hawk which Man Wonder Girl? story... There's like nine that's, of them. That's the problem. Exactly. And, and, I think, exactly. and I think the best, honestly, like I, I think the best portrayal of them, like comic book purists, like are probably gonna hate me for saying this, but Hold on, let me see if I can guess. Just, let me see if I can guess. Let me see if I can guess. Go ahead. Uh Justice League, the cartoon. Just and particularly Justice <laughs> League Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Because mm-hmm. it, Justice League Unlimited it was one of the greatest comic book cartoons. I'll go a step further and say it was one of the greatest cartoons ever. Oh, they put they like DC in the nineties, early two thousands cartoons. Bat the Batman animated series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Superman, bro. 
no no reason why those should have been as good as they were at that point in time. And Batman, yo, Batman the animated series still holds up. I can still cut on any of those episodes, and they're yeah. still fantastic. Every yeah. single one. Like they that, gotta like, simplify this shit, bro. If they try to give no. me some convoluted hawk backstory, man. Bro, just make them aliens. Just make them aliens. Yeah, just make them warlike aliens culture. That's the one thing that Naomi got right was the the Mascarians in there. I was like, yo, just just make them aliens. Like that's just mm-hmm. let's make them aliens. Call it a day. I'm still pissed off that they ruined that they tried to make that character that uh, a TV show so soon. I'm still mad at that. Like it was a it was a horrible horrible decision. To like bring out Naomi so quick, such a good. I, I feel like it ruined the comic book for me. Uh, I it it may have done yeah, the same. Killed the thing. character. Yeah. Where is she? Where is she? I, I have no idea. She was in. She was in the. They pushed her so fast. I feel like they. Have we ever had? Have we ever had the Brian Michael Bendis conversation? No, but we probably should because his his track record at DC was He's, interesting. I, He's either what I realized with Bendis is he's either really good, repetitive, or bad. There was New Avengers is one of my favorite comic books specifically because it's fun. Like the stuff that goes on with Luke Cage is dope. Like just him coming into his own and being a real leader was absolutely fantastic. I I loved it. As I'm rereading it, I think it was last year or the year before. I found a lot of repetitiveness with him. He would use, there's one in particular where he would use the same joke with Spider-Man. Whenever someone would say something like fucked up, he would go, oh, you should write greeting cards. And I'm like, and then he said it again. I'm like, then he said it again, like a few issues later. I'm like, dog, you, you just, you just made this joke like 10 issues ago. The fuck? Like Spider-Man's creative. And then like, I'm reading uh, one of the best, well, I think one of the best comic books ever, Powers. And he made that joke in that too. I'm like, yo, what are you, dog? What are you doing? You're better than this. And I, and, ugh, me and Hobby just had this conversation about consistency and whatnot. And this is a perfect example of someone who just doesn't have that consistency. It's like, you you never know what Bendis you're going to get. And I honestly feel like he was set up to fail in DC Comics because there was like, we need a, I feel like DC came to him and was like, we need you to give me Give us, we need Miles Morales and we need Jessica Jones, right? That's what we need. And they created that. Uh, Naomi is a combination of Jessica Jones and Miles Morales, right? Problem is, they do it. The first it's the first Naomi um, miniseries knocked it out the park. Absolutely perfect. I'm going to quote Javi when we were talking about this a while ago. It's worth it just for the art alone. Yeah, yes. like I'm, 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 I still have to get some physical copies. I don't even know if I can find them anywhere. I got issue number one and a nine point eight right there on the wall. Ugh. Like, and that's yo. Let me hold that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, at, so it was almost like he was built. To, he was almost set up to fail because I don't think there was. I feel like they rushed this quicker than they could. Like, Brandon said this more than a few times when we were talking about the DCEU and my best friend Diddy has said this a million times. He was like, DC's problem was they were trying too hard to be Marvel. They were trying to create this universe. Now they're trying to do all this stuff at the, like, you know what I mean? In real time where it's like, that's not how you build a universe. That's not how world building works. I mean, 
even with everything that's going on with Krakoa, and Javi is not a lot lamented. Javi has said this a million times about how the Hickman world building for that was stellar. But the reason it took as well as it did, as quick as it did, is because the X-Men had already been established. Like so building a world that's building a new world didn't really take much because you knew who these characters were. And the characters that you didn't know, they took the time to explain who they were. So that's how world building works. And with <sighs> Naomi, like the cart the TV series, that happened way too soon. It happened way, way too soon. Um it was almost just like, hey, we need to do something now or the WB is going to pull our funding. And lo and behold, you did something too fast and you lost your funding anyway. So that's my rant on that. <laughs> um, Anthony Carrigan is playing Metamorpho. Uh, he is from da -da 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 Barry on HBO. Oh, hold on. Sorry, guys. Hold on. Give me one second. No problem. So we also have Sean Gunn as Weasel, well, um, and GI Robot, and apparently Maxwell Lord. The Maxwell Lord thing to me was kind of weird, but I also know that Sean Gunn is actually a pretty decent actor, so I'm with it. I know people are mad. It's like, oh, James Gunn just keeps giving his family members jobs, and I'm like, you'd give your family member a job too. Kind I'm of a big believer in the, like when people, yo, I hate the term one. I hate the term nepo baby because it's stupid, and y'all sound like haters. Right? Don't be a hater. Nobody controls how they were born or who their parents are. Two, if you're a parent, you're going to try your best to make your kid's life as easy and painless as possible. If not, you're a fucking asshole. Two, <laughs> like, sh just shut up. I mean, three, just shut up. Sorry, I lost count because this shit makes me upset. <laughs> well, nepotism is a problem when people aren't good. Nepotism is not a problem when you're good, right? So, like, if my son is good, and so I put my son on, that's what I should do. The and that's what is... pisses me off, yo. Like O'Shea Jackson, yeah. right? Um, Ice Cube's son. He's a great actor, bro. Like, yeah, he's good. Like, great. And people be like, oh, he's just he's just this because his dad's Ice Cube. The well, problem is probably, in Hollywood. There's but... a lot of nepotism with people who aren't good, and then they're taking jobs from people who are good. Yeah. And even that, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, all right, if, if I owned a company, right, and my son's a freaking asshole and he sucks at everything, right, I and I decide to son. put, I, I, I wouldn't. Hashtag succession. Yeah, I wouldn't, but some, <laughs> yes. somebody would, and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your son being a net, right? That's on them. That Like, what's that have to do with anybody else other than somebody making a dumbass decision based on f family ties like i just i just don't get all the the anger like and people say like we're in a society that there shouldn't be nepotism america isn't built on nepotism hell yes, yeah it it's built on nepotism <laughs> what the hell are you talking about oh yeah now now if people were were elected and sometimes they are right but people still have to go and vote but like government shouldn't be filled with nepotism Dude, right that's all, a, but that's a whole different thing there's a whole there are whole ass societies based on nepotism i'm not mm -hmm. even talking about just the white, the white systems. There are whole ass like brown and black um, civilizations built on nepotism. Bro, look the at the upper class black culture... societies in the South, in like HBCU culture and all the other stuff, bro. There's a bunch of black black families that are extremely successful that pass that wealth and success success down generations. Nowhere no. near as much as white folk, I'm assuming, but it exists. 
the only thing that meritocracy exists in our country is in sports. And that's and even that that's changing. It's I mean it's not changing, it's changing a little bit, but even that it it the nepotism there is like I can provide more training to my child type of a thing. Yeah, yeah like my kids have been playing, my kids have been playing against me. I'm LeBron James, and my kids have yeah. been playing pickup games with me, LeBron James, since he was two. Of course he's gonna be a freaking beast. But so, the good thing on. about but that's why I like sports is because ultimately I even if I got even if Bronny James has all the advantages in the world, Bronny still gotta get out on that court against me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if I fry him, I'm gonna fry him. <laughs> Hey, yo, so I'm gonna say this, and you ready for this, Brandon? I got a billion dollar idea. You ready for this? Succession, yes. but it's the Anoa family. Who's, uh, oh, Anna, 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 you said her na- the name wrong. Anna, oh, I, Anna, I know Howie. the Anna yeah, Howie about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Succession, but it's all like that the Rock's family. <laughs> that would be good because that yo, that is nepotism at its finest. To be honest with you. I love nepotism, bro. I, I wish it was more opportunities for nepotism in our in, in, in our communities because Holy shit, that would, that would know, indicate a change. I didn't know David Harbo was playing Eric Frankenstein. What? Uh, in the um in the uh what's the name of the uh bop, 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 uh the creature commandos? Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. I didn't know David Harbo was playing Eric Frankenstein. I kinda like that. It's cast like a live action movie, like live action show. Yeah, we got Indira Varma as the Bride of Frankenstein, uh, Frank Griot as Rick Flagg Sr., uh, Zoe Chow as Nina Mazursky, Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus. Anything Alan Tudyk is in, I'm all for. Bro, he, man, that, um, uh, what is it, this, uh, the other DC um, show that was on Max. By uh, Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol. That season one, he killed it, bro. He kills everything. He's dog. How everything. are you good? How are you good as a chicken in Moana, bro? Some he actors just got it. Yo, and he was phenomenal in um um not I Am Legend um I Robot. Doing Will Smith. Oh, for yeah, sure. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even in in even though like CGI tends to be the thing that like kills older movies because you just can't get over the old technology when you watch iRobot like his his uh portrayal as that robot still holds up today yeah all right moving on from that Brandon and Javi want to talk about Echo I wasn't ready to talk about it because I hadn't finished it yet but I actually finished it today like literally 30 minutes before we started recording I finished Echo what did y'all think um, I liked the show overall. I I had some I had some issues with the show, but it's it's more like from a film like a critic perspective. Like I think there's some things I think that Marvel revisiting how they do TV is a good idea. Um for the long term success of these TV shows, and particularly to get TV shows to get multiple seasons or for characters to get over to use a wrestling term. I think the I think initially the idea of the 6-hour movie format that they've been trying to go for, uh the 5-hour movie, the 6-hour movie format, I think it's 
not working because it creates these weird ends. Like the episode ends in these weird places and pick up in these weird places. And, you know, to me, like the best one that they did was WandaVision. And that was a completely, each, it was almost episodic, even though it was a continuous story, but like each episode went to like a new year. So it felt episodic in the, in the sense that it worked. And so, like, I was watching this, and like, the pacing in this show was herky jerky. Like, you're you're going this pace, and the next thing you know, you just like zoom. I just zoomed to this next part of the story, <laughs> and it was just kind of startling to watch. And then I thought the ending was not good. I didn't particularly care for the last episode and and how they did it. But overall. If I still would give this show probably like a seven and a half out of ten, like I really enjoyed it. I thought, I thought Echo bringing that character and what she represents was excellent. I thought the way they portrayed the character on television was fantastic. I loved all the indigenous culture that got woven into the series. I thought that was fantastic. I thought the action was good. I didn't think it was great. I think they hyped up the mature rating. Yeah, they did. More yeah. than what was yeah. necessary, and you know me, I'm the person that says I don't think Daredevil needs to be rated R. I mean, there are uh, Deadpool needs to be rated R. So I don't need a mature rating to enjoy something. But I think if you're going to hype it up, you should deliver a little bit more than what they did, and if that, if that's going to be your selling point for the series. But uh, I really loved it. Besides those things that I kind of brought up. Yeah, um, I'm going to say this. Like I agree with every I agree with everything you said. I liked. The ending, only because it was something different. And I remember we talked about this in regards to the She-Hulk finale. And now they they tried something different. Whether or not they stuck the landing is up for debate. I thought it was kind of cool and kind of funny, honestly, that Maya pretty much was like, hey, Wilson, here's your childhood. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's it's like she was helping him and hurting him all at once. And this shouldn't shock anybody, but my Maya's stubbornness is like just, I was just enamored. <laughs> like she is my absolute spirit animal. Like just the, 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 what did, what did I say to my buddy? I said, I was like, her stubbornness and raging against parental figures was just like, exactly. I was like, yeah, I, I love this. All of it. Uh, Javi, what did you think? I liked it. I mean, I, I agree with both assessments. Um, I'd say, like, just add some criticism to it. Um, it didn't have to be called Echo. Like, I don't. I I get. I don't. I don't necessarily know why they changed her power set. Like again, we talked about it not that having to. That call. did kind of annoy me too. Yeah, like it didn't make sense to me. Um. Maybe I could see they didn't want to like copy Taskmaster, but that nobody was gives it. A shit. I bet you that's it. But nobody gives a shit about Taskmaster. Like they really don't. Uh, as much as I like the Black Widow movie, it's probably the most forgettable MCU movie. Like that, you know, nobody's thinking about it. So that kind of upset me a little bit. Um, the ending again. I think this is just something consistent with uh Marvel shows. Like they they never quite land the ending. Um, only one division, only one division. Loki, Loki, Loki. Um, yep. But a lot of people 
I don't know what people thought. Of, I mean, the Loki season two finale, I thought was fantastic. Then I mm-hmm. saw a lot of people who were upset about it. The only mm-hmm. one that's actually been like a consensus with all of the fans was WandaVision. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was it was great. It's probably one of the, I, I would put that in top three MCU properties ever, right? Like WandaVision. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So it's, 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 it's probably not too fair to compare it. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about my 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 love of this Marvel Spotlight, uh, new direction with Marvel Spotlight. I think it's necessary. Um, standout moment for me would be the fight between her and Daredevil, even though it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the longest fight. It was early on in the show, but it kind of showed me what I enjoyed about Daredevil and the other Netflix shows with that Disney budget. Right, like him using his 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 characteristic weapons, the choreography was always been great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Kingpin, the character who plays Kingpin, I forgot his name. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent he, D'Onofrio. he 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 did not lose a step with that character. Not at all. Um, not you know, not I think at all. Part of the reason why it was rated R is because I think he's in it. And anything that he's involved in as a character is going to have to be gruesome or bloody. It could have been a lot more gruesome or bloody if they were hyping it up the way they did. The fact that I had to put my birthday into Disney Plus, right? Like, for what? At least show me some side boob or something. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. I'll take, I'll take some Alakwa Hawk side boob. Yeah, something, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a good indication of where the MCU is going in general because um, it really needs a revamp. It needs a revamp. Um you know, and I think things like the way that um, uh, um, sequel. What was it? Um, damn it, my brain is not working right now. The last Sam Jackson show. Uh Secret Invasion. Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. I, was, I was about to say Secret Wars, but that's not Secret Wars. Um, things like the, the way those those shows kind of like diminish the MCU. I think affects other properties in MCU. I think. That's part of the reason why the Marvels did so poorly is because I think people like that the armor, it showed chinks in the armor of the MCU, right? Like yeah, people weren't as excited to see it. So just injecting new life um, through these um, Marvel Spotlight shows, I think is great. The fact that we didn't have to wait a week each episode, I think helped a lot with that format. I think it would have helped a lot more. Uh, I think a lot of the other shows, those six hour movies, if we didn't have to wait a week, maybe it would have been easier to digest. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see uh what this does for the future of the MCU. Um I don't know. This something there was something in particular that I wanted to bring up. The it it kind of felt like they wanted to put this on ABC. And the reason I say that is because there were certain moments where randomly the show would just fade to black. And then just cut right back on. And it kind of seemed like it would be like a commercial break where the commercial would fade and then the show would come back on. You know what I mean? It there was just a I don't know, man. It it's But that's what they're doing. They've been doing that. They've been they've been That's what I was saying. Shows. Like they, yeah. they they that's why that article came out and it was really interesting to read about like how they just scrapped Daredevil Born Again. Like what they were doing, they scrapped it completely and they're starting over from scratch and they're re they're gonna do longer TV shows from what I from what they said, they're going to do long, longer series with less. Like they're doing these big two hundred million dollars six hour movies, but now they're going to do more of like TV budget ten episodes or 
like and try to tell because the way they were doing it is just it was just off. It's like what you said, old man. They were just cut off at random places, and it it's kind of it's kind of weird to watch in a way. And and I'm not a hater of Marvel TV like some people out there who's just like, oh, I hate the MCU. It sucks now. All these shows sucks. No, I've enjoyed most of the shows, but structurally speaking, these weren't ways to get people invested in these characters, right? If you want to yeah. get people invested in these characters, then you need to tell a television style story. Yes. And I also think they should do the characters that they I think should do seasons. Not like we're gonna just do a show randomly with uh Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then that's it. Like would give me a show and so I can get invested in it and then I can watch season two. Next well year. I'll give the, I'll give them a little leeway with the like the season thing. Um that at least because these shows are produced are, are cast by movie actors right oh, actors true. who yeah, have contracts yep, that already exist with disney so it's a it's a lot more i i think it's a lot more complicated on the back end that's true for them to do certain things but they, they'll figure it out hopefully yeah i also feel like they had like the to quote not to quote but to bring up a point you guys have made repeatedly in this episode is wandavision was honestly the blueprint and I kind of because it wasn't it was one of those things where like you didn't know where the episode was going to end, but you knew it was going to end and make you want to um, anticipate the next episode. And yeah, I think a natural that cliffhanger it, each time. Yeah, it was also it, nine episodes. Yeah, and, and what made it so what made that so great was some of the episodes were twenty minutes, some of them were thirty, some of them were forty. So like you never knew exactly when it was going to end. Like, so it was, and I kind of like that about it. It was like, you don't know what's, what's going on. You don't like, there was, there were hints of, it was, it was very much, you know what, it, you know what it is? And I think the reason a lot of us liked it, it felt like a comic book. Yes. Yeah. Like, it that, felt like, especially it felt, it felt like a Wanda Maximoff Scarlet Witch comic book. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think that was part of the. Echo was the five issues. I mean, five episodes. Like you, by the time you got into the character, it was ending. Cause mm-hmm. I don't get, oh, I'm getting into it now. We got to jump to this finale, right? We and they got to rush everything. Like, all right, let me just give yeah. everybody my powers so we can end this real quick. Yeah, and that was, and I, that was my one complaint about the final fight, is like just it was that seemed, it seemed forced, like it, that whole like yes. you know hey. Hey, uh, Bonnie, you have my powers. Hey, Grandma, you have. Now, if it was just the grandmother, I would understand. Like, that would make sense to me if it was just the grandmother. But Bonnie getting them two at the time was like, mm, mm, not rolling. But overall, I'm, I'm with Ren. I'll, I'll probably give it like a seven, seven, seven and a half. Uh, I would recommend it to people. I would say like, hey, go in there with uh, mm-hmm. maybe not the greatest of expectations, but go in there expecting a show that you will enjoy. Like you, know It's I mean? entertaining. Yeah. It's a good yeah. show. Like, like I, I feel like our tone may sound more negative than our actual perception of the show because there are there are a lot of there are a lot of things that they you know we probably would have done different but as a show again if it was for me if it was called if she was a whole new character it, not necessarily like it's fine that's their character they could do what they want whatever just tell a compelling story yeah but um it it stands standing on its own like if it was something totally outside of marvel like i would probably give it a higher score you know what I mean? But I, I think, like you guys, I'll give it a seven. 
Agatha comes out later this year. Agatha's getting nine episodes. Daredevil Born Again, which got pushed to 2025, is getting 18 episodes. A full-on season, 18 episodes. Gets, yeah. They're splitting it into two parts, nine episodes and nine episodes for season one of 18 episodes for Daredevil Born Again. Ironheart's going to get nine episodes. So, like, they're they're changing how they're doing this. I, I, guarantee, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I would be willing to bet that those shows will be better because they're going to develop those characters, tell the stories. Yeah, I have I have faith, like, but every but it's everything is ebbs, ebbs and flows. Like you know what I mean? Like Marvel's been on top for so long. Like eventually, like you know, everyone has oh. like everyone has an off season. So you know, it'll be what it is. I have faith that they'll they'll figure it out. Um, and if they don't, and like I've told people before. Like, well, what are you gonna do with the if the MCU doesn't work out? I'm like, I I'm gonna read the comics every week like I normally do. You know, we <laughs> most of our life, most of our lives was 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 immersed in the dark ages of comic book movies. Like, we'll be all right. Well, yeah, they didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, let's let we don't need to bring up. We should here. Uh, we should review the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie one day. <laughs> oh my god, uh, I haven't so, watched it. I haven't watched it that, that in like. Oh, go ahead. Old man, uh, Mark X Men '97 is supposed to be coming out in March. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of. I'm be with it. Um, and let me just—I'm not sure if I said it here, but I want to make sure that I'm on record saying this. I think that's where Monica Rambeau went to that universe. Oh, that's she, interesting. I think she went to that universe. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, before we go, I want to talk about our comic book picks of the week, um, Brandon. Uh, Brandon and Harvey, I think you guys have the same comic book for the picks of the week, but um, so why don't you guys have at it? So we want to talk about what we've been reading, basically? Yeah. Did you read Dead X-Men yet? I read it right before we started. Okay. All right. So before, okay, I just got to get this out, like three minutes. (laughs) Can you please tell me how the fuck they're here? Did they ever, what book did they explain how these people are here? It, from I, what it from what it seems, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So they didn't explain it. Like I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I swear I've read every X Men <laughs> book recently, and I don't remember the X Men coming back. But if you're anybody who's familiar with the way they've been writing these X Men books, you have the story, and then you have like these notes that pop up in between the main story that kind of fills in the context. Which is super annoying and yeah. super... It, it's it's annoying and informative all at once. I used to skip right. them, and then I'd be talking to um, old man about it, and he'd bring up a point about the book, and I'm like, did we read the same book? And he's like, yeah, it was in a little note. I'm like, <laughs> I started reading them. Um, So it looks like uh, Rachel Summers, somehow Rachel Summers had... The, they had some eggs left, and with Rachel Summers... Somehow, the uh, Mister Sinister possessed Xavier, who's not really possessed, but he has some of the. Uh, um, yes, yeah. you know he's connected to Mister Sinister right now. Um, they wanted to find a timeline where Moira was still human, so Professor X can like find out some information that she's hiding, right? But he right. needs to find it before she switched on him. So Rachel Summers, they they wanted a team, 
he had Rachel Summers pick the team from any of the dead mutants, and she decided to resurrect the actual most recent X Men team. Um, but how does she resurrect them without the five? Because she already, I think, they I had w- the eggs available. Yeah, I'm wondering whether or not they just had to like, because you know, like once the like once the eggs are like viable, all they have to do is have a telepath go in there and like give them their memories. Yeah. So, so I feel that. So my assumption. From what I read in the, and I guess so we want to call it a briefing in the comic books, was that Xavier had a contingency plan, and his plan was like, "Hey Rachel, you know, remember that shit we did in uh, Days of the Future Past? Hey, can you do that again?" <laughs> and, but like I, a little more complex than that this time around. I'm I'm simplifying it, but I think it, Xavier was like, "We need a plan because something's gonna happen." And we may in like with Moira, uh, the whole thing with uh, X lives and X deaths of Wolverine. I think he was just kind of like, oh shit, like you know. And then the, mm-hmm. the sin, the stuff with the um, sins of sinister. I think he was like, I can't be arrogant about this for once in my life, and we need to make sure that we have a plan just in case to take out Moira. Yeah. And I don't think they're trying to take out Moira. I think they're trying to get to a point where they can stop Dominion. It seems like a little bit of both. Something like, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, probably. It's complicated. Yeah, I feel like. Do you? Who do you guys think Dominion is? Well, we know who it is. It's Nick. It's it's sinister. It's the, the original the Daniel sinister. Essex. Okay, yeah, it Daniel is, Essex. okay, it is. All right, so I'm not bugging because because it was like yeah. the one, the one um personality that was like the one personality that didn't have like a diamond or something at the end of one of the comics. Yeah, it's the original. Nathaniel yeah. So he he made those clones specifically, which is interesting that he knew about Dominion beforehand, but he made those clones specifically to have each one of them eventually figure out how to become a Dominion and kind of take that information before they can use it. That makes sense. But I'm all for it. Like this, this series has been, like this first issue but Dead X Men was something else. Crazy, I, and I'm, I'm gonna like, pick a different one just so because I'll get because I know Brandon's gonna pick this one, but I have a couple I can pick. Um, so my, my pick is Wonder Woman. Oh, uh, Trinity. Because listen, uh, no, not that. She's got all her villains teaming up. Oh, yo, as to Bobby, be hold, like, hold on, hold on, real quick, <laughs> Are you reading Wonder Woman? No, I'm not. Wonder Woman is probably. If I didn't pick it as my best new comic book, it would have been the best comic book. It's going to be the best comic book of the it's year. It's that good, huh? It, yo, it's it's going to be the best comic book of the year. Right. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. You know what I got to do? We're talking about Dr. Psycho, Cersei, Giganta. Like, they're all teaming up. Even Angle Man. They brought out Angle Man <laughs> out of nowhere. Of course, Tom, Tom King's always looking for some obscure person to bring out. So he brings out Angle Man. And they're like all teaming up to like work Dog, with. He uh, made Kite Man popular. Yeah. To try to stop to try to stop Diana, I think one of them is going to turn on the group and help Diana. Yeah, is, would be my guess. That's going to happen. But um, they're setting up something epic in that book. I agree a thousand percent. Like it's been, and I love that at the end of it, all her um, her sisters were like, "Nah, we're not rolling. We're gonna help you get over it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javi, what do you got? I'll go. Um, I'll go. You want me to go next, or you want to go next, Javi? 
I don't want us to pick the same one. You go first. Uh, we're not gonna pick that. I'm gonna trust me. There's two comics. We're not gonna pick the same one. Okay. Uh, my first is gonna be Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It was. It's. You know how like we like we just talked about with the Echo and how you amp up something like it's gonna be the most this and the most that and da da da. They amp this up as being the most bloody fight between Sabretooth and Wolverine, and I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. Dog, it's bloody. Bro, that it, cover was enough. Yo, Sabretooth killed in it in the first issue of the um Sabretooth War. He kills Dakin in a mutant and spells out happy birthday in their body. <laughs> sounds sounds yeah. Yo, yeah. I was S- like, sounds about right. Yo, he like it just it, he's just slaughtering people. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And then I was like, yo, how do you top that? So they essentially jump Wolverine with all the Sabretooth variants and the ones without the heads and all the other stuff. And then they trap him in adamantium coils like he's uh like I don't want to say crucified because it's not a crucifix, but they have him in an X and he can't get out. So Wolverine rips the skin off, like basically rips his joints apart and pops his claws. So he's walking with like stumps and claws to go get it. Yo, know, it's bloody as shit. And what's even funnier is it's actually really good too. But the two people who are writing it is the one dude who's been um, writing Wolverine since the uh, Age of Krakoa started and the guy who wrote Sabretooth when he was in the pit and Sabretooth in the Exiles. So they mm-hmm. teamed up for this. And they, they're, yo, they're doing a damn good job with this. I love what they, they've, they've done with the Sabretooth character. Like, he legitimately, like, the mutant version of Satan. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, he's he's... And he's playing that part. Sabretooth is, I think, the most violent and devious and underrated villain in comic books, period. Mm -hmm. Bullseye is devious and Bullseye is scary, but Bullseye is also kind of a bitch at times. There ain't no bitch in Sabretooth. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he really just, he he goes for it. Every time he goes for it. And he's unapologetic about it. Like, this, this issue is absolutely showing that this is what we're, like what we want to see. Like this is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second pick is Titans Beast World. I'm not gonna spoil anything except for this one part that Amanda Waller renamed the Hall of Justice and went on a whole speech about how none of the superheroes deserve this hall. They didn't deserve the power and the authority they were giving them. And she changed the Hall of Justice to the Hall of Order and then gave the speech in front of the fucking hall. I was like, yo, y'all really like, y'all really making Amanda Waller like the like this like the most devious and sinister <laughs> villain out here. I was like, I'm yo. And you know what? All right, my bias is gonna show and I don't care. It makes me even happier that it's a black woman doing it too. Like, just because like I don't know if we've ever seen a black villain as like good as she has been no powers no special like uh like you know abilities it's just her cunning her ruthlessness and her absolute not give a fuck attitude so those are my two you picks should see her, you should see her in penguin oh i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna buy that i'm gonna start buying that um probably next week because it the from what you've been saying about it it, it seems like i i need to get on that like as soon as possible 
Javi, what you got? So I'm going to go with, originally I was going to go with um, Dead X-Men, but we talked about it. Um, We talked about it enough, I think. I'm going to go with Avengers Twilight. Oh my um, God, isn't that good? It's really freaking good, bro. And you remember we were talking about how like we don't need another, like, yo, we don't need another like reality where like all the villains win and da da da. Yo, Chip Zdarsky, yeah. he he knew, I think he knows that people don't want a certain thing and he didn't give it to us. He was like, this yeah. is what you're going to get. You're going to get some, some you're going to get goodness from me. Yeah, it's just going to be a good story. You're going to like it. You're, you're you're eventually gonna read it. Like I only picked it up because you you picked it up last week, I think. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, like the like, so it takes place in an alternate future reality, right? Um, where I'm I'm trying not to spoil anything. Yeah. Where you know is that ending? Yeah. Many. <laughs> of the, I'll just say like the, the general. You know, it's it's a future where the heroes lost. Right. And we're dealing with the consequences of that. We have an older, um, non superpowered um, Captain America um, who's married, older, and they're living in what seems like a utopia, but it's also dystopian in nature where you're not allowed. It's very George Orwell. Yes. Yes. But I, I like it because it kind of. It kind of um, exemplifies. It's a term I like to use: the banality of Ooh, good word of of um the the banality of uh, what's the um, tyranny, for instance, right? Like people can live. Most people in the world live under a tyranny or dictatorship or a quote unquote non democracy, right? And I'm not talking about the United States. I'm talking about other countries right and if you go to these countries as a visitor you don't really feel the tyranny as you would think you would in like movies and other comic books where like you have these soldiers just beating up people every day like most people live their lives normally mm-hmm. right um not knowing what's going on in the background not knowing the things that are affecting their lives and i think this this story kind of exemplifies that really well and only a few people who are aware of what's really going on they become you know, exiled or um, called crazy, cuckoo, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and I think also it's it's. I think no matter where you fall in the political spectrum, I think you're either gonna be like, oh, yeah, the other guys really do this, or oh, this comic book's making fun of me, right? Because it's 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 grounded in reality, and it doesn't really have a left or right um, um, perspective. It's it really, really just you're right. You're right. You know, it's really just showing you how um, once you give up certain controls in your life, which we all do, and maybe we can't even control, like, whether we want to or not, right? We're just normal people. But it kind of shows you how society can really, really slowly develop into a society we don't want when we don't pay attention. It's and, um, like the um, the age-old question of, like, what's the price of freedom? Yeah. You know, like, do we really want freedom? Right, like there's a scene, there's a scene in it. Um, again, trying because yo, I really don't want to spoil this for people that want to read it, but you know, Captain America is doing his thing, um, and he's trying to tell society what's happening, and the villains don't even stop him. They literally were like, You're doing the work for us, yeah, you know, 
one of the things I do love about it is though, and y'all know how I feel about Luke Cage, like seeing him in this role is kind of one of the reasons why I like uh, Luke Cage as much as I do is because mm-hmm. he actually is a natural born leader. Yep. Even without the powers, even without the, um, like not even just the powers, he doesn't have anything. Like he's old. His powers and- actually are, are um working against him. Working against him, yeah. And I, you know, I and then the artwork, Acuna had put his fucking. He's all, but he's always he always does great work. He did a a run of Wolverine that was absolutely masterful. So I'm not shocked that he's doing as well as he has in this either. But this was not something that I was expecting to, excuse me, enjoy as much as I did. But if anybody, anyone out there is listening, it's definitely worth. It's definitely worth um checking out. And one of the main characters, um, <laughs> he's a villain actually. Well, I don't even know if he's a villain. He's kind of the Elon Musk of this story, right? And his father is a famous hero. I'm curious about who his mother is. They explained who it was. Who his mother is? The, oh yeah, they did. Never mind. Never mind. Because I'm thinking like. Never, I don't, okay, go ahead, go ahead. You're right. But, you're right. but even just, then, we don't right. know. Like that could right. that could also be some BS too. Because I'm thinking that character, the 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 his parents, like one of his parents is in a relationship right now in the main continuity. And I'm like, it that'd be perfect. His mom would be this would be that would be his perfect mom, but they did explain who his mom was, and it's not her. But it, sorry well, for the vagueness, but but no, but know. even then, like to your point, like we don't know. Like we don't know exactly yeah. what happened. Like they could say it was one person. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually the case. But mm-hmm. either way, like I firmly believe, I think like everyone, like if you're a combo fan, definitely pick it up. It's a a nice twist on an old um uh it's a nice twist on an old plot plot line. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like we've seen the old man Logans, we've seen the uh Kingdom Comes, we've seen all it, we've we've read them all, and sometimes they're just not even worth buying. But this one has proven that there's still room out there for old tropes. Agreed. Avengers uh, Twilight. Read it. Uh Hob, you got another one or is that it? Um, you know, I'll just I'll just add um I'll add Dead X Dead X Men to that because it's really that good. Um you know, we, we talked about it already. Um and it's just a continuation of a really awesome story that we're following throughout the whole um fall of X Men. And um it's really picking up and Dead X Men I think it's going to be one of my favorite ones moving forward. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is going to be like the cornerstone of the fall of X. I think when everything's said and done, it's going to be the book that we all of us look back to and go, oh, this is when it happened. And I feel that like people are going to be, it's going to be like, why didn't I read this? And they go, how do I not know about this? This is going to be that book. Agreed. Um, all right, everybody. This has been the Old Man Wade Show. I want to thank Super Woke Hobby and the Uncanny Brandon, Brandon Orton for doing this, taking their time out of the day to do the show because I enjoy doing this once a week with them because they make my life happy because I get to talk about comic books. I get to talk about comic books with my friends and my brothers in arms. I hope they know that I love them. Uh, except Brandon because he's got a big ass head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he ain't the only out. one. We all got big old heads. Yeah. Bald black nerds, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm balding. I haven't shaven in about a week, and I need to do that. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, be excellent to each other.
Peace. Damn it, Wade!